Bud goes woke in the weirdest possible way. <laughs> A warning that AI is going to kill us. And they're serious about it. And jokes can get you 10 years in prison. So don't be funny. I'm not kidding. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello, Rumble. We are live exclusively on rumble.com. And uh, you can find our uh, Facebook page and Twitch and YouTube channel. But this is where it's happening every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. By the way, we may switch our Saturday show to Fridays. It's just easier all around for everybody, including me, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But we're still deciding. The jury is still out. It's up in the air. We're taking a vote probably tomorrow. So we'll see. Anyway, yeah, we got all that coming up. Hey, protect your online activity with the best and the easiest VPN. That's NordVPN. Use our special link. It's in the show notes tonight. You will get an incredible deal. NordVPN, because you don't want all them... All them folks spying on you, do you? Of course not. All right, let's uh, get things started tonight. We do that always by checking in on our favorite furry little friend. That would be the Miko Update. There she is. (laughs) Aww. Miko is our three-year-old Shiba Inu baby, and uh, she's doing great. Had a big walk this morning early too we went out and took her out about 6 37 o'clock it was just barely getting light and uh, she's ready to go anytime 24 hours a day 27 it doesn't matter midnight three in the morning i go downstairs right now grab her harness and boom she'd be ready anyway this we went to a special park on the other side next to our area and it's very beautiful she always wants to go there i just don't have the energy sometimes to get over there but Yesterday, we had a special trip. So there she is, and uh, she's kind of looking at me saying, yeah, okay, here's the pose you want. Now, come on, let's go. And boom, off she goes. (laughs) It's funny because, as I said before, I let her decide where we're going to walk. I don't say, come over here, go over there. Wherever she wants to go, she's got the lead with, you know, some limitations. But um, she knows where she likes. She's got all her little doggy friends and things, and so she's... uh, she loves hanging out and going to different, uh, going to different uh, of her friends' house. All right, the Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. That is a monthly subscription service for your dog. Every month when you sign up, you will get a box full of themed treats, toys, and dog chew. Uh, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. All the uh, edible stuff is 100% good for your dog. There's uh, organic and no artificial ingredients. It's very good stuff, and uh, you, your dog will love it. You'll love it, too. I wouldn't eat the chews, but, you know, if you want to, I suppose. Wouldn't hurt. Uh, anyways, so check it out. It is a, uh, it's an amazing offer here, and you will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription from our good folks at BarkBox.com. Just use our special link if you forget it. It's in our show notes, but it's easy to remember. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. All right. Hey, you know, just before we get started, I was just looking at my Twitter account before I came on the air tonight. And Peter Sweden, an account I follow, I love this dude. Check this out. He just posted this. Swedish Socialist PM voted out. Italian Globalist PM voted out. New Zealand Globalist PM 
resigned. Dutch globalist governor, major defeat. Finnish globalist PM, voted out. And then he, he writes, who's next? <laughs> yeah, people are waking up. Loving it, loving it. All right, uh, as we, uh, okay, now we got some lag back in my ears, so I got to take this out. Oh, yeah, this drives me nuts. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I, I, I don't quite know how to describe this, um, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It is not your father's Budweiser anymore. You may or may not have seen this, but I thought I would uh, pop it into the show tonight so you could uh, take a look. As you know, this whole transgender crap has been going on. Uh, you know, I've talked about this ad nauseum. And it just keeps getting more stupid and more stupid. Bud Light, who, uh, you know, just wants to step into that woke arena. And as you know, that means go broke arena. Bud Light has made a special can to celebrate Dylan Mulvaney's 365 years of girlhood. Mulvaney is a man pretending to be a woman and he's had a tremendous amount of success on TikTok, of course, running around making an ass out of himself, and uh, turned that into quite a living. Bud Light has printed cans with Mulvaney's likeness in celebration of Mulvaney's pretending to be a girl for a full year. Yeah. It was not an April Fool's joke. It appears TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney is the latest spokesperson for Bud Light. He released an ad in the style of TikTok, talking about beer, March Madness. He joked about March Madness and not know what sport that was about while wearing an updo and a gown. And Bud Light has actually printed cans with this moron's likeness on them. The celebration signifies that Mulvaney, a full-grown adult, male, has been pretending to be a girl for an entire year. Hmm. If you would like to see this moron and this TikTok video he uploaded, here you go. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So... I kept hearing about this thing this called March Madness, empty. and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Lovely. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money, too. Love ya! Cheers! Go team! Whatever team you love, I love, too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break a leg. Whee! And for this, they pay him money.
quite a bit of money, actually, I'm quite sure. So anyway, uh, he's used the project to become a social media influencer. Uh, facial feminization surgery, which he underwent. Uh, publicly taking estrogen. Met with President Biden at the White House. Oh boy. Got a letter of congratulations from Kamala Harris on having spent a full year documenting the gender change on social media. It's just... Yay, isn't that nice? So needless to say, Bud Light's off my list. Now look, Bud Light is just pretty much rat piss anyway. It's a horrible beer. It's absolutely terrible. But Somebody else posted, and I thought I had the link here. I'm trying to find it now, and I don't seem to be having any luck finding it. Look up what other companies Anheuser-Busch, the people that make Bud Light, own. Because if you're going to make a stand, and you're going to say, this is stupid, I've had enough, I'm not supporting your product, then be aware that Bud Light's manufacturer, Anheuser-Busch, runs a lot of companies. There is a list out there somewhere. You can look it up, and you will be surprised at, uh, at exactly how many of these companies you're going to need to avoid, find somewhere else to go. All right. Let's see, what else we got going on here? Oh, I see. Okay, cool. How about uh, the Manhattan DA? Tomorrow's the day, you know. Everybody's getting ready. The crowds are gathering in New York because this idiot Soros bought and paid for DA Alvin Bragg has decided to move forward with this stupid, insane, ridiculously thousand percent politically motivated indictment Well, the Epic Times did a fascinating piece about exactly this fatso. Yeah, I'm fat shaming because he's a fat ass. Who is Alvin Bragg? What you need to know about this moron Manhattan DA who indicted Trump. Convened a New York grand jury earlier this year, which if, I mean, how can you not have heard about this? But they voted Thursday to indict the former president for allegations linked to a business records investigation related to hush money, most of which has completely either the statute of limitations has run out. He did a horrendously ridiculous way of extending that by attaching it to some federal election law violation, which is bullcrap. And, uh, It says here, this evening, we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment which remains under seal, a spokesperson from Bragg's office said in a statement. The Epic Times reported this guidance will be provided when the arraignment date is selected. He is, of course, the first ever, ever U.S. president to face criminal charges, and he shouldn't be doing that. Former president accused of making a $130,000 payment to Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, in exchange for her silence about a sexual encounter of which both Trump 
and Xi deny. And the 130 bucks was not paid by Trump. It was paid by his attorney of the time. And Trump did not reimburse the attorney. Strike one, two, three, four, five, six. And the fact the statute of limitations has run out. Strike seven, you're out. Bragg took office in 2022, won the Democratic primary, then the general election November of 2021, making him Manhattan's first black district attorney. Well, good for you. New York City has elected has five elected DAs, one for each bureau, uh, borough, and he is the fourth elected Manhattan DA in the last 80 years, a DA. He uh, was preceded by Cyrus Vance, Jr., retired at the end of 2021 after 12 years. 49 years old, grew up in Harlem, earned his BA from Harvard, his JD at Harvard Law, Spent more than two decades working in the criminal justice system. During his campaign, Bragg made promises to indict Trump. When he took office, he inherited a years-long grand jury investigation of the alleged payment to Stormy Daniels during his 2016 presidential campaign. Trump, implicated by his former attorney Michael Cohen, part of a plea deal, 2018, Cohen was sentenced to prison, ordered to pay a $50,000 fine after he pled guilty to eight counts, including criminal tax evasion and campaign finance violations. After taking office, Bragg had concerns about the strength of the case against Trump, leading to the resignation of the two lead investigators. But earlier this year, he put a new grand jury together and off to the races we go. He was also involved in two cases against the Trump Organization. There is a complete background. Now, Soros has denied, like Soros, oh, Soros wouldn't lie, would he? Please. He is probably responsible for 70-80% of the mess that's going on across this country right now. Soros, founder of Open Society Foundations, known for putting millions behind liberal prosecutors and political candidates who've claimed no connection to Bragg. Florida Governor Ron DeSantos called out Bragg as being Soros-backed. The weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It is un-American, DeSantis wrote. The Soros-backed Manhattan DA has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and excuse criminal misconduct. Yet now, he stretches the law to target a political opponent. And there's the Nazi moron right there. Very nice. Read this article. Know what this brag fool is all about. Know what his background is. And uh, pay attention. It's going to get interestinger and interestinger. They have no case. So, you know, there's no doubt any of that's going to go very far. But it's all good for drama and theater. Ah, man. (laughs) Unbelievable. All right. I'm going to tell you about one of our sponsors here. Let me just get down to it so I can say the right thing. When you browse the internet without any protection, 
for your IP. You can be you can be spied on. It will reveal where you live, what websites you go to, what things you download. Before you connect to the internet, connect to NordVPN. This information is hidden. The websites you visit, the files you download, all of it. With NordVPN's proxy extension for Edge, if you use Edge, your online traffic travels through secure encrypted tunnels. But it works for any website, any browser. Protect your data. Public Wi-Fi, you know what a mess that is. Like, even nowadays, we went to dinner tonight and I had to use that stupid damn QR code menu thing on my phone. And if you, you know, thankfully it says, you know, continue as a guest. There is no freaking way in hell I'm putting my email address into your little sign up thing to order my dinner. But even that is not, it's, it's not secure unless you've got NordVPN. Enjoy a high speed connection. Some people worry that use a VPN, it slows your internet connection down. Not with Nord. And it is as easy as one, two, three. You download the app, you put it on your phone or your, or your, tablet or your laptop you click one button you're connected and you're protected in seconds protect your family your friends all their devices with one single nord vpn account you can connect up to six devices Mm. use that link in our show notes it's right down below here and you will get an incredible special deal. Three months with 59% off. That's more than half off for three months. That is an incredible deal. So check that out, NordVPN. Thank you, Nord, for helping the sponsor the show here. AI, artificial intelligence. It will be the death of us, I swear. Well, guess what? Somebody says, that's true. No, I don't want Nord. I want the uh, article, Epic Times. Here we go. All right, links in our show notes. If we go ahead with this, everyone, everyone will die. An AI expert is calling for an absolute shutdown of artificial intelligence. Not kidding. This is the strangest article. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically human beings are not ready for the kind of powerful AI under the current conditions we live in or even in the foreseeable future. One of the foremost experts in the AI field, he adds the open letter calling for a six-month moratorium on developing advanced artificial intelligence, understating the seriousness of the situation. Here's more quotes from him. The key issue is not human competitiveness, intelligence. It's what happens after AI gets to smarter-than-human intelligence. Eliza Yudkowsky, he's a decision theorist, and a leading AI researcher, in a March 29th, just a few days ago, article, it's an op-ed. Here's a quote. Many researchers steeped in these issues, including myself, 
expect that most likely result of building a superhumanly smart AI, which we are on the doorstep right now of doing. The door's unlocked and it's open. It's coming. Under anything remotely like our current circumstances is that literally everyone on earth will die. This is his words, not mine. Not as in maybe, possibly, some remote chance, but as in that is obvious, it will happen. It's not you can't, in principle, survive creating somebody something smarter than you. It's that it would require precision and preparation and very specific scientific insights and probably not having AI systems composed of giant inscrutable arrays of fractional numbers. You've seen what's happened with ChatGPT, the iterations of that, business leaders, researchers, now totaling 1,843, including Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, called a letter, uh, signed a letter rather, calling on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. That was released in March. That's how afraid these are. These are people like Elon Musk signing on to these letters. Basically, AI doesn't care. This is, this is the biggest part of the problem. It will demand rights. think I'm kidding. It will demand rights. He predicts in the absence of meticulous prep, the AI will have vastly different demands than humans do. And once AI becomes self-aware, it will not care about you or me anymore. Or any other sentient life. That kind of caring is something that could, in principle, be imbued into an AI. But we're not ready, and currently, we don't know how to do that. And that's the reason that this guy is calling for an absolute shutdown of AI's ability to continue to learn. This is... (laughs) This is a scary article, folks. I'm not kidding. The link is in our show notes. Read the whole thing. I don't have time to go through everything here, the whole article. But he knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this for a long time. And he is warning this could very possibly kill us. Not kidding. And not the Joe Biden not kidding which means he's lying. Not kidding, that means seriously, not kidding. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just unbelievable. All right, I got another one for you coming up. But first, we want to uh, say hello to another one of our fantastic sponsors, and that would be Brickhouse Nutrition. Folks, fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. But fruits and vegetables may be the anchor to any healthy diet. However, they're not easy to get. You got to go shopping. You got to pick out the right ones. You got to keep all the different colors in mind when you do it. And then you got to prep them, 
chop them, cook them in some cases. And, of course, the other thing is by the time you get around to using them, they rotted. They've gone off. It happens. Well, here's a way to get around that. Brickhouse Nutrition. Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables that's been ground into an amazing tasting powder. It comes in a bunch of flavors. You can see them here. We've got uh, lemon, lime, we've got whole berry, all kinds of great different flavors. And you just mix it into your favorite drink. You can mix it with water if you want, but green tea, orange juice, you know, whatever. Mix it in. Drink it down, and you're good to go. This is 100% organic, USDA, real fruits and vegetables. This is not a supplement. This is nutrition. If you look on the back of these packages, it will say nutrition facts, not supplement facts. It is so good for you. Tasty flavors. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link in the show notes. I'm going to lose it. And you will get an amazing offer right now from Brickhouse Nutrition and The Jay Sheldon Show. The link is right there on our show notes. Go check them out. Not only Fields of Greens, you'll find all kinds of great, healthy, organic uh, items there over at Field of Greens. Okay. I got to get back to it. (laughs) Hey, guess what? If you're a U.S. citizen, you can vote in elections. And maybe even if you're not. Check out this link. It's from John Solomon's site, Just the News. Great site, by the way. Links in our show notes. The Texas House has decided to take up a measure that will clarify, clarify that only U.S. citizens can vote in elections. Uh, what? That needs to be clarified? Well, sadly, because of the millions of illegal immigrants who have illegal aliens who have come across our borders with the blessings of the Biden administration, the legislation passed the Senate by a vote of 29 to 1. Who was the one moron? Articles in our show notes, by the way, if you want to read the whole thing. All Democrats, all state senators except one voted for a joint resolution that would add a constitutional amendment to the ballot clarifying that voters must be U.S. citizens. Unbelievable that we have to clarify this with a constitutional amendment to Texas. Birdwell said the amendment was necessary to ensure election integrity. The only senator to vote against it, here she is, Now we can identify the idiot. Senator Sarah Eckhart. No surprise here, a Democrat from Austin, a former Travis County judge who was investigated by the State Commission on Judicial Conduct and made headlines after joking about Governor Greg Abbott being paralyzed, for which she publicly apologized. She is the most politically liberal Democrat state senator probably on the planet. So no surprise there. She is the one senator 
who voted against this. We actually need a law to clarify that you need to be a citizen of the U.S. to vote in the U.S. We are living in screwed up times, my friends. It's just... Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of the old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. All right, also from uh, Just the News, our second article tonight here. You make a joke, you go to prison. Maybe for 10 years. This happened last week, so it's been around. I'm sure you probably have heard about this, but just in case, we'll spend a couple of seconds here talking about it, about the stupidity of it. Douglas Mackey was found guilty of election interference in the 2016 uh, campaign for producing anti-Clinton memes. They estimated at the time more than 4,900 unique telephone numbers texted that candidate's first name to the number, which was real. A digital provocateur has been found guilty of election interference, disseminating materials that encouraged individuals to vote by text once again, U.S. Attorney's Office, Eastern District of New York. Here we go with the bullcrap. He was found guilty because nobody that's anywhere center or right ever has a chance of getting equal justice in New York and particularly the Eastern District of New York. He basically put out a meme. It was a joke. It was obviously a joke. No one that has an IQ, say, over double digits would have believed it was anything but a joke. But they decided to go ahead and charge him, and then the jury found him guilty. And now he faces up to 10 years in prison for posting a meme online. This is the kind of police state bullcrap that is not going to stop until you put your foot down and say, enough. We're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. You remember Network, right? Read this article, hold things in our show notes. If you haven't heard about it already, or you want more background information, you'll find it there. But it is... You know, I was going to say it again, we're living in interesting times. We're living in stupid times. <laughs> and I've got just the proof of that again. I'm using a lot of stuff from Just the News tonight, but it's got some great stuff on it. So here's another link in our show notes. DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, they heavily redacted the disinformation board emails despite claiming the agency had nothing to hide. After they claim the disinformation governance board would be run in line with best practices, Alejandro Mayorkas, who hopefully will be impeached very soon, is now shielding communications that may reveal its true purpose. When the existence of the disinformation governance board 
burst into public view. Majorca said there was nothing sinister to hide, claimed the officers rooted in best practices. Well, a year later, the department is refusing to let Americans see most of the legal justification and talking points it created to defend the allegedly now disbanded board from blowback. More than a hundred pages of internal communication between the board's former education director, Nina Jankowitz, whatever, you remember this fool, with her little singing videos, and her staff, where they were released completely redacted. They were released from a FOA request from the nonprofit group Citizens United. So while they're telling you or trying to tell you that, oh, we have nothing to hide, best practices, here's the proof. And the proof has all been redacted. They don't care. They just really seriously, they do not care. And no one's going to stand up and say anything. It's just going to keep going while you let it. Unbelievable. Learn to be smarter, please. Hey, speaking of learning, that is a rather bad attempt to uh, segue into our next sponsor. (laughs) I'll do anything. It's Skillshare. Y'all know Skillshare, right? It's an online place you can go, website, with all kinds of amazing things you can learn, classes you can take. Did I just knock my camera over? Almost. (laughs) This has been a show tonight, huh? Speaking of skills, take a few minutes to talk about this amazing website. It is Skillshare. Ever wanted to learn how to do something out of the ordinary or interesting? said, you know, I'd always wondered how to play the guitar or how to write code or how to use some piece of software better. Maybe I already know Photoshop, but I want to learn more. Well, that's what Skillshare.com is all about. They even have silly things like how to make a peanut butter sandwich. Seriously, how to make a peanut butter sandwich is one of the skills you can learn on Skillshare. But apart from the silly things, they've got a bunch, thousands, tens of thousands of really legit courses uh, on on everything. They're very big into the design, uh, you know, the creative fields, things like that. You'll find all kinds of amazing courses there. If nothing else, go to Skillshare using that special link in our show notes. And if you decide to sign up, you'll get an amazing deal. However, just check them out. Do a search. Find out the things you've got over there. Just go around the website and look at all the stuff. Now, there's another option too, by the way. If you're a teacher, if you can put together a lesson plan and teach a course, you sign up for Skillshare, you make a little extra income. You can because not only is it for people who want to learn, it's for people who want to teach. Skillshare. Use that special link in our show notes down below and you will get yourself a very special deal. Not only that, but you will get yourself an absolutely amazing place to learn something new. All right. We got one more good news story because that's how we end uh, this part of our show before we move on to our book. White Fang is coming up. We're going to continue with that. Easter just around the corner coming up. But yesterday, I think, was Palm Sunday. Um, so that would mean next Sunday would be Easter. This about, I think is Holy Week. 
Uh, I don't exactly remember because it's been a million years, but it was uh, what uh, Ash Wednesday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. Wow, I actually remembered. <laughs> anyway, a part of the uh, non-religious events that happen around Easter are the Easter Bunny and Easter Egg and Easter Egg Hunts. Matter of fact, you know what? If I can find it, I'll show you me playing the Easter Bunny when I was like a billion years ago in Cornwall, Connecticut, in my hometown. I, there's actually a picture of that from a newspaper article. And I'll embarrass myself and show it to you. That'll be coming up. Anyway, I found this story and I put the link in our show notes. It's from ABC News, which is, yeah, okay, fine. But it's a, it's a great story. You got to check this out. Imagine an Easter egg hunt if you were visually impaired. How would you take part? Well, here's a dad whose heart is in exactly the right place and whose brain is functioning on all cylinders. Beeping Easter eggs give visually impaired kids the thrill of a hunt. Dad builds beeping Easter eggs for his blind daughter. There she is. There's a picture there from the article. A special agent... Check out what this guy does for a living now. He's a special agent with the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF. He has a visually impaired daughter, and he was trying to find a way for her to experience an Easter egg hunt because she can't see the eggs. So he reimagined an old, an old idea, and now that little idea has spread across the country. David Heitch, he's a 27-year ATF veteran. He lives in Birmingham, Alabama. And he said he was helping his local church plan the annual Easter egg hunt nine years ago when he realized his then 19-month-old daughter, Rachel, who was born premature and had been blind since she was four months old, wouldn't be able to fully take part. He was researching online how he could do an Easter egg hunt and have fun and found people were literally making beeping Easter eggs told ABC News I called a man in L.A. He told me how he did it. Then I came up with a cheaper way to do it. There's a picture of the egg with the mechanism inside. It's a switch, a piezo beeper, a 9-volt battery, and a battery clip inside a plastic egg. He made 40 of these beeping eggs in his own garage that year, cost him about 14 bucks per egg, and each one took about 20 minutes to make. A handful of visually impaired kids, Rachel included, his daughter, showed up at the first beeping Easter egg hunt hosted in Birmingham nine years ago. Hope, uh, hoping to spread it further, he recruited his colleagues at the ATF, friends at bomb squads throughout Alabama, to help him make more beeping eggs. This year, this year, 2023, they were held at a beeping egg hunt's in Birmingham, with dozens more held across the country, and each one says one of his favorite photos of his now 10-year-old daughter shows Rachel dropping her cane and sprinting across the field at the sound of a beeping egg. Wow. A Virginia-based company, the International Association of Bomb Techs and Investigators, they have 5,000 members. They have contributed $10,000 annually to what has been dubbed the Rachel Project. 
and this helps to create these eggs and put on these beeping Easter egg hunts. That is absolutely amazing. What a story. That's the kind of news after a show full of absolute bullcrap and head-shaking garbage that we really needed to hear. I'm telling you. All right, you ready for some uh, classic literature? Yeah, I know, strange, but we read books on this show. In the last part of the show, we always take a, a classic book. We've done The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, we even read my children's book, Willie and the Warthog. Not a classic of literature, but it was fun. And uh, so we read them all the way through, a little bit of a chapter at a time until we get to the end, and then we move on to the next book. Right now we're doing the 1906 classic White Fang, written by Jack London, and it's been turned into several films over the years, and uh, it's really an amazing book. We, uh, we roll up here a bunch of the covers of both the book and the films that it's been turned into as we, uh, we read through the story. And that's what we're going to do right now, continuing on where we left off with the Fort Beauty Smith, White Fang escaping a whole bunch of times and getting beat the hell out of. And the, uh, the saga continues. At the fort, Beauty Smith left, left him tied securely and went into bed. White Fang waited an hour, and then he applied his teeth to the thong again. Chapter 3 begins The Reign of Hate. Under the tutelage of the Mad God, White Fang became a fiend. He was kept chained in a pen at the rear of the fort. Here, Beauty Smith teased, irritated him, drove him wild with petty torments. The man early discovered White Fang's susceptibility to laughter, made it a point after painfully tricking him to laugh at him. This laughter was uproarious, scornful, and at the same time, the god pointed his finger derisively at White Fang. At such times, reason fled from White Fang, and in his transports of rage, he was even more mad than Beauty Smith. Now, formerly, White Fang had been merely the enemy of his kind, with all a ferocious enemy. He now became the enemy of all things, and more ferocious than ever. To such an extent was he tormented that he hated blindly and without the faintest spark of reason. He hated the chain that bound him, the men who peered in at him through the slats of the pen, the dogs that accompanied the men that snarled malignantly at him in his helplessness, he hated the very wood of the pen that confined him. And first, last, and most of all, he hated Beauty Smith. But Beauty Smith had a purpose in all that he did to White Fang. One day, a number of men gathered about the pen. Beauty Smith entered, club in hand, took the chain off from White Fang's neck. When his master had gone out, White Fang turned loose and tore around the pen, trying to get at the men outside. He was magnificently terrible, 
fully five feet in length, standing two and one-half feet at the shoulder. He far outweighed a wolf of corresponding size. From his mother he had inherited the heavier proportions of the dog, so he weighed without any fat and without an ounce of superfluous flesh over ninety pounds. It was all muscle, bone, and sinew-fighting flesh in the finest condition. The door of the pen was open again. White Fang paused. Something unusual was happening. He waited. The door was opened wider. And then a huge dog was thrust inside, and the door was slammed shut behind him. White Fang had never seen such a dog. It was a mastiff. But the size and the fierce aspect of the intruder did not deter him. Here was something, nor wood nor iron, upon which to wreak his hate. He leaped in with a flash of fangs that ripped down the side of the mastiff's neck. The mastiff shook his head, growled hoarsely, and plunged at White Fang. But White Fang was here, there, everywhere, always evading, always eluding, and always leaping in, slashing with his fangs and leaping out again in time to escape punishment. The men outside shouted and applauded, while Beauty Smith, in an ecstasy of delight, gloated over the ripping and mangling performed by White Fang. There was no hope for the Mastiff from the first. He was too ponderous and slow. And in the end, when Beauty Smith beat White Fang back with a club, the Mastiff was dragged out by its owner. Then there was the payment of bets, and money clinked in Beauty Smith's hands. Wow. So that's what Beauty Smith was up to, eh? <laughs> All right. We will continue on with this book and this chapter coming up on our next stream on Wednesday night. Wow. Amazing stuff. All right. I will see you again on Wednesday. Thanks so much for, hey, listen, I didn't ask at all this show, so I'm going to ask right now before we go. Right over here is a follow button. Please, please, please click that follow button. Really helps the show out. Costs you absolutely nothing. You just, if you don't have an account, just sign up for one. It's easy. Just put in your email. They don't spam your inbox or anything like that. And uh, just click the follow button right there. It really helps our show out a whole lot. Also, of course, check out our great sponsors. You'll find all their links and some very amazing deals in our show notes down below. I'll see you again on Wednesday. This has been the Jay Sheldon Show exclusively on Rumble.com. Good night. <laughs>